It's Happy Hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy Hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they're just going to have a limousine or just going to jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleans in a bar today, of course, we're at the fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street, which is the home of the summer frosé. We've already knocked off two frosés today here before the show even started. The frosé is a frozen cocktail that's made with dry rosé, vodka, Saint-Germain, Peychaud's bitters, lemon juice, and a house-made strawberry basil syrup. And you can really taste the basil, can't you, Lila Turner? Yes, you can. How are you feeling after that three-quarters of a frosé that you had? Are you partially drunk yet? Feeling pretty good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. really? Is it got enough alcohol in it to knock you off your feet? You know, I, I can feel the alcohol, but I, I feel like I could probably use another. You can have yeah. another one. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, I think, I, I believe Thomas finished his in about 35 seconds. <laughs> Sucked it straight down. So that's good. Hey, listen, Happy Hour today is brought to us by Nola Pans, the only pans made from a fallen Audubon Park live oak. I'm holding one in my hand. Bash, this is Bash Jernigan from the band Roadside Glorious. Pick up that pen. Oh. Try that pen. See what wow. you think of it. This is a... It's a pretty awesome it's pen. It's a hefty, girthy, right? Yes. Yeah. Girthy. Try right. You're, would, would a, you're a songwriter, right? Um, I, I try it. Okay, try so it. write a line of a song with that pen right now. Mm-hmm. On the, you can write on the tablecloth here. Okay. It's totally fine. And you'll find that that pen is an expertly crafted... Only one of a limited edition available at nolapens.com. Hey, how what did you write? Love? <laughs> Love me some girth. Love me some girth. That's nice. an I see. Oh. I think it's G-I-R-T-H. And thanks to Basics on Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue, where you can find fine lingerie and basic swimming gym where they have a full range of swimsuits, workout and yoga clothes of style. And thank you to the Positive Vibrations Foundation who create and encourage community through the development and preservation of the arts, music, culture, and heritage. And if you'd like to join our Happy Hour family, go to patreon.com and search for It's New Orleans Happy Hour, and you too can become a member of our Happy Hour family for as little as $1 a month. And you can cancel it after one month. I didn't even know that. I thought it would cost a minimum of $12, but it doesn't. It only costs $1 to get into the drawer for this fucking thing that we still have not given away, thanks to Asher Griffith. So basically, <laughs> profanity, it's a 3D chess game. Simone Levine, have oh, right. you ever played 3D chess? No. Have I'm you ever played one-dimensional chess, even? Uh, or yes. two-dimensional, I suppose? Not very good. No good? Not good. No, me neither. Yeah. I was terrible. Are you a good chess player, Lila? No, I, I cannot play chess. You cannot? No. What's your game of choice? Trivial oh, Pursuit? My game of choice. Uh, when I was a kid, I loved to play Speed or Spit. That oh, was yeah. my favorite mm-hmm. game. What's but it called? Game. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that, it called? It's spit. It's where you try to get rid of your cards as quick as you can. Spit. So it's a game of speed. Mm-hmm. Spit. S-P-I-T. S-P-I-T. Spit. Do you know how to play that, Simone? I do not know how to play I've spit. never heard of that. You, I'd like to you learn, play? though. Sounds fun. I can't say I have played spit before. I've <laughs> never. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like, uh, it's like solitaire, but with two people. So it's like dualitaire. You know, just two Solitaire people sorting with the one cards person. together. This is the voice of Andrew Duhon, if you're just joining us. Yeah. I didn't even introduce you at all. Of course, it's okay, dude. I'm just <laughs> here sometimes. You really don't really require an introduction, I suppose, technically. Okay, so um, hang on a minute. So, Simone, let me do a proper introduction of you. Uh, you because I was pretty okay. impressed when I read this. I was shocked that you would be slumming it down here, actually. <laughs> Simone is the executive director of Court Watch NOLA. 
Are you Court familiar Watch. with Court Watch Nola? Court Watch Nola is a security cam that they have spliced into, <laughs> and it, no. they, they have live TV <laughs> proceedings from the courtroom. Is that no. what it is? Well, yes. Uh, we are the live proceeding in the courtroom. That is correct. Right. So we monitor criminal court here in Orleans Parish. Right. So we monitor all felony court cases magistrate court cases, so bail bond cases, and then misdemeanor cases. And then we also train groups across the country to create their own court watching groups to keep their judges, prosecutors, defense attorneys, police, and also deputy sheriffs all in line and accountable to us, the community. Nice. Wow. That's a very sexy delivery for someone who's doing something like that, isn't it, don't you think? Yeah, that was was very seductive. And it's not slumming it at all. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, okay. So tell us, so you you go to court, you're in court, Mm -hmm. somebody from Court Watch Nola is in court. Are they getting paid? No, it's all volunteers. You're getting paid, I assume, right? I am, as as the director. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how many people are on the staff? Because you have a PR person. We found that out earlier in the proceedings. That's true. We have five full-time staff now. Okay. Yeah, but we started as a group that just had a part-time executive director. And then what we do is we give all of our volunteers a stipend. So $100 for every 10 times that they watch court. Because you can't... It's 10 bucks to show up to court. You can't expect... It's more than jury duty. But they don't no, have to ten, show up. 10... What? They just get to watch the fee, right? No, there's no video uh, cameras. No, right. we are That's the video cameras. Oh, We're the ones that record it. We're oh, the, we don't record, record it. it. We don't record it, but we, we take down the data. We're the ones that are uh. collecting the data. Because a lot of the times when you ask the courts for their own data... They say we don't collect it. Okay. So, First of all, you know, I thought so it was, we're the ones that collect it. I thought it was data. And then we produce what reports. What do you say? Fast, you say data or data? It just depends on how I feel at that particular How are you moment. feeling right now? Are <laughs> you on my side? I agree with that statement. Or? I agree with that statement. Um, I would say uh, I'm, I'm in more of a data mood. Mm-hmm. At, at, I feel at like that moment. Well, what are you, data or data? Give that man another drink. Data. Yeah. Altogether different. Mm-hmm. Where are you from originally that you say I'm data? From Atlanta. They don't say data in Atlanta, do they? That's, I know, I don't that's know. British. That's true. Do you spend any time in England or I didn't. Ghana? Didn't. Nope. Nope. <laughs> well, there's no Atlanta explanation. born and raised. Really? Okay. Well, that's interesting. I was in Washington, D.C. recently, so, you know, there are a lot of folks from all over there, so. Do you think that's where you got it from? Could have picked it up Data. There. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. That's very um, sophisticated sounding. Data. <laughs> Anyway, you say data. Where, does it, where are you from, Simone? So I'm originally from Brooklyn. I married a hometown boy here in New Orleans. Oh, he dragged you down here. Yeah, That's unusual. Yeah, I was a mail-order, <coughs> mail-order bride, and I came on down to New Orleans, and I have <laughs> never regretted it once. Nice. Really? How long ago was that? That was about 10 years ago. 10 years. And guess how long Lila's been here. Have a guess. Oh, I think a couple of months, right? How long has it been? Since January, yeah. yeah. Just a couple so months. So six mm-hmm. months. What date in January did you arrive? January 3rd. January 3rd. Right after New Year's. Okay. Yep. And what made you come down here? You'd been here before, I assume. I had been here before. I had a good friend who lived here, and I was in D.C. for six years, just really ready for a total change. And what, what month did you come down here originally? So I came here in May 2018. May, see? And Not I June, really July, just fell August. in love with <laughs> New Orleans, yes. the sense of community, the culture, the people, how friendly everyone is. I just felt a really strong connection to the place, so I knew I wanted to to move here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what happened, uh, this is the first summer you've been here now then. It's pretty hot in D.C. too, isn't it? It gets hot in D.C., absolutely. It's just, is it about um, the same as not this? not as hot as Not here. as hot as this. So how are you feeling now? Are I, you starting to regret it? I, no, I, I've been loving it. I mean, I think in part because 
I, I love my job. I love what I do. I feel very integrated into the community in that way. And uh, everyone in New Orleans just loves New Orleans. That's something that everyone you shares in common. And that you have is to, something otherwise that you I, really, live here. I really love. Mm-hmm. Right. The only way to live here is to love it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's Unless really... you're fed up and then you need to go on <laughs> <Yeah>. vacation. <laughs> exactly. So you, you're the development manager, it says here, at something called Son of a Saint. Correct. Now, Son of a Saint is a... Um, a nonprofit. We are a nonprofit. Oh, you should describe it better than me. How, yeah. how do you describe it? So we are a nonprofit in New Orleans that is enhancing the lives of fatherless boys. So these are boys that have lost their fathers to either violence or long-term incarceration in many cases. Uh, so we work with 100 boys ages 10 to 18. We provide them with mentorship, uh, mental health services, really a whole range of support and opportunities so that they can really overcome the circumstances and the barriers that they're facing. Wow. Mm -hmm. You guys are both in the sort of uh, doing good department. How do you feel about that? Makes you feel pretty pathetic, right? (laughs) Yeah. We're not doing anything to help New Orleans society at all. Bash, are you doing anything good? Are you volunteering anywhere? You know what? I play in a rock and roll band, so I, I, I get compared to doctors. And, <laughs> right. Yeah, you're uh, like a psychologist. Serve, yeah, for sure. I serve pizza on the side, so again, I'm saving lives mm-hmm. daily. Who are you serving, <laughs> Who are you serving pizza for? Uh, Fresco Cafe oh, yeah, on Maple Street. On, on Maple Street. Yes. Hey, nice. Yeah, yeah. That's, no, that's uh, what, that's, so you're not making enough money on the rock and roll biz. You have to... Getting there. Yeah. Um, I would think he would be. The band is fucking awesome, this Roadside Glorious. Too kind. Thank you, man. Um, Are you familiar with these guys? I'm not. What do you hear this? Looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's really good. So how would you... I was listening to that new record of yours. What's it called? Brawn and Bone. Brawn and Bone. I was trying to think how would I describe it, and I couldn't come up with a description, really. That's cool. Well, How do you describe it? Um... So we recorded it at um, Fame Studios in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. So uh, a lot of the um, influences that we've had as a band and um, a lot of the reasons why we actually wanted to record that LP there was because of um, you know all the, the soul icons and southern rock icons that have kind of gone through there. So um, southern rock and soul is probably the best way that we can describe our band. Um, the southern rock always makes me think of the Woman Brothers. Hmm. Who, who do you think of when you think of Southern Rock? Sure. Yeah, that's the vibe. Yeah, but it isn't that really. It's cool, much cooler I, than. I that. think of I think <laughs> of Dash. You think of I think of, of Dash. Bash's, yeah. Bash's band. Yeah. Roadside Glory. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's a good way. <laughs> I d- what do you think of Southern Rock? Wild sing. Southern Rock. I, How would you describe? It? Who would you think is a good example of Southern Rock? I mean. I think in a really mainstream sense, probably the Avid Brothers, but I feel like there are a lot of examples, yeah. You look like you could be in the Avid Brothers with this outfit. Oh, thanks, Is man. this your typical outfit with the suspenders and You know what? It's, it's become... It, it, yeah, I'm, obviously I try to dress really formal for this occasion. Uh, wow, well, this is... No, <laughs> no this, this is, is a highlight. This is kind of... This is the thing right now. We'll see. I really got into overalls for a while. Overalls are great. Really underrated. Except um, when you have to take a piss, though, right? Yeah, well, that's a. Uh, I have a flap on each side. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Um, makes it really easy. Um, no, for real though, I, I you do. You should just get a stadium pal instead. 
Stadium pass. What is what is that? It's like a sneaky leaker. That's exactly what that is. Yes. Uh oh, we have somebody what else like joining. Di- is it diapers? <laughs> it's like a, a stadium pal. It's like a bag that you can put over <laughs> your yeah. genitals so you don't have to get up to pee. Uh-huh. So you can thank me. It was designed for people who are like attending a football game <laughs> so they wouldn't have to miss any of the action. They and this could is just designed for men only. Is there a That's not female a bad idea. version? I uh, I am sure there is not. I hope the student <laughs> some sort of a catheterized. Unfortunately, That's I gotta try one of those. Mm-hmm. What's the name of that? For Mardi Gras. Stadium Pals. Stadium, Stadium Pals. Pal. Interesting that Thomas knows about that. That's that reminds me of that astronaut. Remember the female astronaut? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one that no. was the stalker? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the person who drove all the way to somewhere That's to kill right. someone, and she was wearing some sort right. of. She had something like that on, they're right. I, I know a lot about crime. Do Anything you? involving criminal justice, so I know all of the stories. Are you naturally attracted yeah. to crime? That's why you do this job? Yes, I've only you worked in criminal justice and human rights work. I read this. I read this whole thing about you here. Look, I've got the whole thing that Graham DuPonte sent me. I couldn't... This is what I mean by slumming it. It says that you've worked as both as a prosecutor and a criminal defense attorney, and that you're a prosecutor in the office of the Attorney General of New York. That's true. Where you prosecuted public integrity and white-collar crime. That's true. That's pretty amazing that you would come down. You must be really in love with this guy. Uh, I got a solid job as well. My first job was with the Office of the Independent Police Monitor, where we are monitoring the New Orleans Police Department. Yes. So that was a pretty serious job. Who was the first person who tried to pay you off? <laughs> tried to pay nobody off. Nobody tried bribing you. Nobody tried to bribe me. You were the police monitor, and not one person in At New Orleans has said, can this you, country. could you, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm shocked to hear that. Can you get people's driver's licenses back for them when you were doing that? <laughs> no. No one tried to give you 100 bucks to get your driver's license. I really tried to avoid doing personal favors for people on work time. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know how you get away with that. I thought that's what sort of how it all worked. Maybe things have changed. Well, certainly by here. the time I actually started monitoring the police, it had started to change. So we hope that a lot of that right. stuff didn't happen with the police department. So any how did longer. you get that job? So it was, you know, we applied, you know, people in the community, people really supported me in the community to get the job. And then, you know, I had a terrific boss. My boss was Susan Hudson, and she had done this work for years and years and years. And she wanted somebody that had previous experience doing human rights work and having prosecution experience and then having criminal defense experience. And I had all of the above. And, um, so what does that job entail? You have to keep an eye on cops. Oh, it's fascinating. It really is. So what the Office of the Independent Police Monitor does, and I have to give a shout-out to James Carter, who was one of the first uh, engineers for the program, to create it. What they do is they take in complaints from communities so that the community doesn't have to interact with the police the first time because it's terrifying to interact with the police of your community. And then they bring it over to the police department and make sure that the case, the complaint, is actually investigated properly. But the other thing that it does is it um, monitors any use of force. So if the police department uses any force, if the police department, for example, shoots an individual from the civilian community, then they go out and they monitor that. So they go inside the yellow tape and they see everything, and they make sure that everything is being done properly. So when you, when you say they, that was you, actually, were doing this. That's right, in part, yeah. So you would go out to where there was a crime scene. Where it was a police officer that used force against a community member, yeah. So somebody gets shot. That's right. How often does it happen? Uh, well, it's going down in New Orleans. We're actually doing very well. We have something called 
a, um, a consent decree. And we have one of the most extensive consent decrees in the whole entire country. And that so means that, that means the Justice Department is telling us what to do. That's right, and has been telling us what to do since 2011 because our police department couldn't get the constitutional rights issue down pat. They need a little bit of help. And so what ended up happening was then they had a consent decree and it required them to follow certain standards. And that's the reason why at this point our police department has been doing a lot better than it has really ever traditionally done in New Orleans. Because someone's looking over their shoulder. All the that's time. right. And, yeah. and who's accountable? Is it the chief of police? Or well, it's that's every officer. You know, supervisors are held accountable. And then you have a local office, which but, was the office I worked for, that was then holding. But what does the Justice Department do if we do something bad? If the police does something wrong, what's the. What's the... Uh, they speak to the judge, the federal judge, and then the judge says, you're not going to get out of the consent decree until you do it right. But, but what, what does it matter if we just stay under the consent decree forever? Oh, it costs so much money. Oh, we're paying for really, it. Really, really expensive. Are you serious? Oh, the yeah. The city of New Orleans is paying for oh, that. Yeah. And you thought that you wouldn't have much to talk about during this hour. Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how, much, how much are we paying? Because when we say, let's our property taxes and so on is paying for Huge amounts. How yeah. much is it? Millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. And we have another one with the sheriff's office. The sheriff's office is not doing very well compared to the police department. The police department's doing very well. So we're one of the very few cities in the whole entire country that has two consent decrees over two different municipal agencies. So we're that fucked up, basically, is what you're saying. <laughs> that we have to... Your words, not mine. How, how much are we paying? For, does anyone... Did you guys know this? I did yeah, not. I happen to know this. You no, know this? I, no, of course I <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows is that we're paying money every month. Have another month. drink. Have another drink. Come on. We're paying, <laughs> we're paying money every month, the city of New Orleans, to the Justice Department, right. to the federal Justice Department. I don't know where that money's going. That's a whole other question, of course. But, and you're saying it's in the millions Not of dollars. Not to the Department of Justice, to the actual federal monitors. The federal monitors don't work for the Department of Justice. They're private monitors. So they oh, themselves get the, the money. This is the biggest boondoggle of all time. So, yeah. so someone's watching the watchers here. Yes. So you're watching the cops. Well, you're not even you're watching the courts now. So that's, and that's what happened. Sn snitching on everybody. There yeah. was a lot of people that were watching the police department, and I said, there's nobody watching the courts. And there's a lot of bad things that are going down in the courts, and there's nobody that's watching and them. You came up with that idea. No. We've been around for 12 years now. And so I came in. I'm the fifth executive director. And I want to do a shout-out because... The producer of this program, Graham DePonte, Graham DePonte was one. the second executive director of Court Watch Nola. She was the executive director of Court Watch Nola. She said, "You've got her old job." Yes, I do. Ah, mm -hmm. Did she leave anything in the drawer? No, but we had drinks the, the other day. It was really interesting oh, right. to learn all the skeletons. Well, very interesting. Well, I'm most interested to know how much we're paying to the federal government, though, or whoever it is, the monitor. Do you know how much money a it lot. is? It's a lot. Why can't you tell us how much it is? Uh, because I don't have it in front of me, but it's a lot. Yeah. Write it on the tablecloth and I'll say it. <laughs> He's is lying. It, he does not have it on the tablecloth. Is it millions? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is fucking crazy, isn't it? Really? Well, I mean, do, we want the watchdog group to exist, right? We believe that the that is what the federal monitor. This is the federal monitor. This is the federal uh, monitor. That's not so there's doing a their local job. monitor as mm. well. The local monitor we're paying, but certainly nothing compared to right, the federal of course. monitor. Mm. Yeah. I see. Okay. Just to change the subject from it, how's your hangover, Bash? It's, uh, how's your headache? Has it dissipated at all from those Advils? The Advil definitely helped. Thank you so much again. Lila, thank um, you very much. Thank you. Yes. Do you get headaches a lot? I do, yes. What so fun. I always have Advil handy. You do? Yeah. Carry them around? 
you think it's from stress or what? I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, possibly <laughs> stress. I get some migraines. I don't you get know. Migraines, it's a combination that's the of things. Yeah. Have you tried CBD for that? I have not. That would be I'm the next not. thing to try. We don't have any left over from last week. But you should have left the box with us. You know? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we should have some here, really. We should have it here at all times. Yeah. So, is it stressful, your job? My job, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it stressful. I wouldn't call it stressful necessarily. I, um, I worked stressful jobs in D.C. and I feel very fulfilled by what I'm doing now. My, um, my manager, Sonny Lee, who's the founder of the organization, is really incredible. He was actually the son of a Saints player, which is why the name is Son who of a Saints. Who was his father? Uh, Vivian Lee, who uh, oh, yeah. He, he no. played for the he played for the Saints. You a football and fan, Simone, or something? Oh yeah. Are <laughs> oh, you really? Oh yeah. Okay. Only the Saints. Vivian nice. Lee, what Vivian position Lee did he play? He, Simone, what um, position did he play for ten bucks? What? What position did he play? Uh, Vivian Lee, I don't know, but I do know <laughs> that he's a veteran. I do know yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. And he actually well, he actually died of a heart attack when Sonny was three years old. So he grew up fatherless. Uh, and that was the inspiration for him to found this organization was to help other fatherless boys. And there are so many boys in our community right now that have lost their fathers and are growing up without that positive male guidance, without that positive um, you know, example of what they could grow up to be. And that is really perpetuating, we believe, the cycle of poverty, the um, cycle of incarceration. And so what we're trying to do is stop that on an individual level and intervene in these boys' lives and provide them with all of the supports that a middle or an upper-class child might grow up having. So you get to be somebody's surrogate father yourself? <laughs> no, not personally. All of our mentors are, are males, so that is a requirement that uh, okay. to be a mentor, you must be a male. Uh, but what, I, what commitment yeah. do you have to make to be a mentor? So we ask for a year commitment, and that involves participating in a three-month mentor and training program that we provide, and then being paired individually with a mentor a mentee and um, meeting with them or communicating with them at least once a week. So you have to be able to do something once a week? Once a what week. What kind of thing do you have to do as a mentor? Take the kid to the movies or do homework? Or? Yeah, so a variety of things. But another thing we do is actually facilitate uh, group activities that mentors and mentees can participate in. So instead of just putting the burden on the mentor, you know, there's only so many times that you can go and have a hot dog with a kid or throw a football. So we actually create um, activities that are enhancing for the mentee, like a tour of a museum, an etiquette meal, um, financial literacy classes, you know, a Saints game, whatever it might be that the mentee and mentor can go to together. How long has this been going on? Sunny founded the program in 2011, mm -hmm. and for the four, first four years, I would say, it was just Sunny and, like, five kids, ten kids, right. then 20 kids, and mm -hmm. then eventually, at 30 kids, people were like, you need help, you need staff support. So he started hiring some people to, to help grow the program. Mm -hmm. And we are now at 100 boys wow. in New Orleans. So and impressive. Yeah. So, and what's your gig? What do you do there? So I do development, fundraising. So I try to bring in money on an annual basis from individual philanthropists, foundations, and corporate donors in our community that 
can help support the program so year after year. So what does that mean for you? You take people out to lunch and dinner and stuff? There's a fair amount of that. Right. Yes, a fair That's amount of lunches and job. dinners, some grant writing. Uh, it's a variety of things. And, you know, we're really reliant on um, the kindness of these philanthropists to donate their time and money uh, to our program to make it survive. Do you think it becomes... Right on. Do you think it becomes easier when this has been going on long enough that some of the first kids are now men and then you can kind of show, you know, uh, you know, the effect scientifically, you know, because it seems undeniable, right? Uh, but I suppose for real money, real investors, they want to see some sort of metric that shows your, you know, your chart going up, yeah, that sort of thing. Absolutely. I mean, we, we understand that our program has value and that it is changing these right. boys' lives. But mm -hmm. we now have two classes of mentees that have graduated, and they are all first-generation college students. So mm -hmm. we can wow. point to that and wow. say That's that cool. our That's program great. is having wow. actual results. That's yeah. amazing. Wow, that is impressive. Everybody's in college. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That's really well, impressive. College or some kind of post-secondary right. post education. We understand that a four-year college may not be the right route for every single person. You, but amazing. Do, right. Do you mm -hmm. feel like, you know, if there was like one kid in the class who just wanted to hit the road on a tour instead of going to college and just play music like with would dash that, would that bum you out would that bum the you know son of a saint out that you know he wasn't going to college because he was hitting the road on tour throwing his life away and rock and roll right? a travel maker this one no, yeah. i mean <laughs> i don't no no absolutely not i mean we the thing about our program is we're very um, all about individualized and personalized approaches for these students because not every boy is coming into our program with the same needs, the same mm -hmm. issues, or the same circumstances. So we can't just provide the same blanket approach to every single person. We really need to make sure that that approach fits that boy. So if a boy has a has a talent and a passion for music and that's what he wants to pursue, you know, go for it. That that makes so much sense for that specific okay, person. Okay, listen up for one second. Bash does have a talent and a propensity to play music, right, Bash? Prove it! So get the guitar, uh, could, pick I'm that getting... guitar up and play us a song, but right. we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back in one second with a song from Bash Jernigan, the singer and songwriter from Roadside Glorious. We'll be right back after this. Alright. And we're back on Happy Hour with Simone Levine, Lila Turner, Andrew Duhon, and the fabulous Bash Jernigan from Roadside Glorious. And what are you going to play for us? So I'm going to play a track. Um, not a track. I'm actually going to play it live today. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to play a song called Brawn and Bone that I wrote with the guys in Roadside Glorious. That's the uh, title track for our album. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm pick this bad boy up okay. over here. Okay, are you having it here ready to go? All right. Hey, Grant. Yes, Thomas. While Bash is getting ready, we wanted to let you know that Andrew did some research and found out there is, that there is a female component to the stadium pal called the Stadium Gal. All right. <laughs> do, we have a, do we have a photo of that? Yeah, but this is a podcast, so why does it matter? Right. Can you describe I don't, I don't think I'm see can see you describe it to us? Yeah, no, yeah, just leave it to your imagination. Just moving right along. Okay, moving right along. Okay, thank you. Then. Okay. Just here to help. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's see here. Get this mic in situation. Okay. Also, shout out to Michaela Brown for letting me borrow her acoustic guitar. Acoustic guitar playing is not something I... Are you not used to that? ...do super often. Usually it's just, you know, electric, as, right. the, as the kids say now. Mm -hmm. um, 
Well, cool, y'all. Uh, okay, this is uh, Brawn and Bone off the album of the same name. Well, all my life, this ain't never been no black sheep. Black sheep, babe, sure don't get no gold. No, no. But tell me, please, what is good to a dead man? Hmm. Decoration for his flesh and bones. And my blue jeans, yeah. Flirting with an empty tank of gas. No, no. I saw the room and my sweet little shield right beside me. If this is heaven. And I ain't afraid to crash Oh no Cause I've been wrong, baby And I've been wrong I nearly lost everything I know, yeah I've been playing in the trees I've been dropped down to my knees But it's your love that keeps me going All I've been wrong, baby And I've been wrong I nearly lost everything I know mm. I've been playing in the trees, baby I've been dropped down to my knees But it's your love that keeps me gone Well, misery Hit by sexual money mm. Neglect the hard thing and not for shiny skin All right They say that's good, son You're getting that out of your system mm. Well, I ain't getting it again I'm sure as hell just putting it in Ooh And I've been Gone, baby, love and bone I nearly lost everything I know, yeah And I've been playing in the trees, baby I've been dropped down to my knees But it's your love that keeps me gone Well, I've been a comforting son I've been a desperate man I've got my head out of her, I've got my head in my hands, yeah. Well, Mama said, you've got to let go if you want to be free. Well, well, I want to be, well, well, I want to be. I've been wrong, baby, I've been wrong I 
I nearly lost everything I know, yeah I've been drunk down to my knees I've been drunk down to my knees, baby And it's your love that keeps me going Girl, I've been wrong, baby Loving, boy I nearly lost everything I know I've been laying in the trees, I've been dropped down to my knees, but it's your love that keeps me going, yeah, well, your love that keeps me going, well, your love that keeps me going, oh yeah, well, it's your love that keeps me going. <laughs> What'd you think, Andrew? Yeah, that was cool, man. Yeah, that was great. Thanks. You got a great Amazing. voice. What'd you think, Simone? Lila? Yeah, that, that was incredible. Uh, Shocking, uh, isn't it? Shocking. Uh, I'm not no uh, Andrew Duhon. Whatever, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that was. You got a great voice, though, and the, uh, yes. when you hear the songs, the whole band doing the whole thing, totally, it's like a really rock, but it's not yeah. ro total rock. It's got a uh -huh. soul uh -huh. Uh -huh. sort of aspect to yeah, it. Voice. Your voice has got that sort of soul vibe. Oh, well, thank you guys for listening. That's very Having impressive. Having me on here, appreciate it. And you it. came originally from Gulf Shores, Alabama, which is shocking right there. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I was born in Mobile. Uh, almost all my family was born and grew up in Mobile. Um, so I was born there and then grew up in Gulf Shores and moved over here in 2012 and went to Tulane. Um, graduated in 2016. And uh, like a lot of people who moved to New Orleans, they just n never move away yeah. right. at that point. So. And what did you graduate in? Something uh, non-musical? <laughs> yeah, I, I graduated in, in environmental studies, wow. and um, yeah, I, I was like a double major for a while uh, with political science and environmental studies. I thought that I wanted to get So how much did that cost you? Uh, how, much, how many student loans do you have? <laughs> That's something we'll uh, talk about another day, Grant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did you, no. But you got a real degree, like at Tulane University, which costs a lot of money yeah. every year, and now you're waiting tables at well, yeah, El Fresco it, and playing a rock band. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, it's sadly ironic, but at the same time, not sad at all. Because if I hadn't have done it that way, then I don't think I would have ended up doing what I'm doing now. You couldn't have just um, skipped the whole college thing and just started playing in a band. No, five six years ago. Because I, I didn't, I didn't really know. I wouldn't have known um, that what I thought I wanted to do and what seemed like the more conventional route what made the most sense. What did you think you wanted um, to do when you started off at college? You wanted to be an environmental scientist or something? Um, yeah, well, not quite a scientist. I don't really have the, bra I don't have the right brain for that one. Uh, but no, I, uh, I wanted to get involved in environmental policy. Um, when I was growing up in Gulf Shores, a BP oil spill hit, mm. like right when I was right in high school. And mm. I always really loved uh, writing and journalism. And, you know, uh, growing up in Gulf Shores, we have a beach and, and bays and... Um, you know, I was out on the water all the time with my family. Um, so it just made a lot of sense. And um, so, yeah, I was studying that in, in college, and I had a lot of great opportunities um, as far as internships go. It was actually in D.C. Um, I was up at the EPA for a little while, which was oh, great. really cool, but it was also uh, experiences like that that really showed me that what I thought I wanted to do, I don't really... I don't really know if I truly wanted to 
went to where I actually did it. Route. So you ran the uh, government, and then you said, forget about it, I'm going yeah, to definitely. go be a musician. Without a doubt. Well, it, it's kind of sad, really, just because, like, you know, I worked in, like, a couple different nonprofits, um, and then I worked in city government, and then uh, federal government was kind of, like, my last stop. I was like, okay, you know, the other few didn't really seem like the right fit for me. <laughs> Naturally, the federal government must be a great fit. I went up there and it was pretty disheartening to be totally honest and uh, I got back, that was my junior year, I got back for my senior year and it's just funny how a bunch of things happened at one time because uh, I thought that I loved DC, it was just way too fast paced and kind of cutthroat for me and then uh, I thought I wanted to do something like you know what I was interning um, like or what my internship was like. Our journalist, we'd be really nowhere happen. without our journalist. Oh yeah, absolutely. You can still man, do it Dash. Yeah, I I don't know about that, man. That that is one. Uh, that's a hard profession. It I, is. I gotta, man. I tip my hat to to journalists because that is, oh my lord, that's uh, some hard hard work and the deadlines and the, I think the stress. that none of us would actually be where we are right now if we didn't have journalists that were um, publishing some of the work that we're doing. It's really so integral. We're, we have a New York Times article that's coming out tonight. Coming out oh, tonight right about you. Uh, about you, our organization. You'll be in the New York oh, Times. Yeah. Uh, my, my report, our last report, is going to be in the New York Times. What do you mean? So, who, journalists are key. Who's writing it? Sorry, did you, are you write, did you write it? I did not write it. But you, are you quoted in it? Um, our report is quoted all through it. It's about a judge here in wow. Orleans Parish who had required criminal defendants in front of him to wear ankle monitors. And then he steered... As a fashion thing? Or? No, uh, as a surveillance thing. And then steered those defendants to a specific ankle monitoring company who uh, was, don't be surprised here, his campaign contributor. Yeah. And then... Wow. Do we know the name of the judge or aren't we allowed to say that? No, we can say it. It's judge Paul Bonin uh, here Bonin. in Criminal I've District Court. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then what ended up happening was he... His campaign contributor would charge defendants $10 a day for their ankle monitor, and then uh, the judge would have them wear the ankle monitor for upwards to a year. Whoa. These are, At you know, 10 bucks a day? Yes. And 85% of our wow. criminal defendant community in Orleans Parish Criminal Court is indigent, so below, below the poverty line. And then the judge would uh, tell people that they had to either, um, if they didn't pay the remaining bill that they had to his campaign contributor, that he would raise their bail and put them back in jail, or that he would awesome. um, keep the ankle monitor on them. Amazing. And so that's what the New York Times article is about. Wow, what a scandal. And it's about How Can we just ask monitors. you this question, talking yeah. about the press? Why is that in the New York Times and not the advocate or the... It was in the Advocate already. It's, it's already been here? Yeah, it's already been in the Advocate. WWL is also coming out with a piece. No kidding. Yeah, Fox and what's happening to Judge Bonin then? Is he going to be kicked off the bench? or? Well, what, what we hope is, is that there's going to be an investigation. We hope that there's going to be an investigation by the Judiciary oh. Commission. We sent our report to the Judiciary Commission. Of heck yeah. Right? And, um, and, but we really feel like the reason why the New York Times is important that they pick up these things is because... We want to make sure that change really does occur here in Orleans Parish. We shouldn't be the ones that are left behind. We should have a community that knows what's happening. This is one of these things, though, again, where New Orleans looks like a, you know, podunk, third world, corrupt 
We need twice. to be educated as voters and, and make sure then when we get to the polls that we make the right choices. Yeah. Yeah, well, good on you for doing that. So that's all because of you this story came out. Uh, because of my team and right. also because of whistleblowers. We work with whistleblowers that are in criminal district court that talk to us about some of the things that are happening. Some of The other thing that we had looked at was the district attorney who had been incarcerating crime victims. I think that a lot of people had known about that. Incarcerating crime victims in order to force them to crime testify. victims? Wow. Hang on a minute, then. I have to go, go back a step here. So somebody does something to me. That's like right. robs me or rapes me or something, and then like a the rape crime victim who was incarcerated for um, I think it was seven days, maybe it was a little bit longer, in order to force her to testify against her rapist. Holy shit! Yeah. How? And so that had so made. So this is the district attorney you're talking about. Yes. Mm-hmm. How are you? How was he legally allowed to incarcerate somebody? So under material witness warrants here in Louisiana, we've now made it difficult. We just passed a law in Louisiana that would make it more difficult for the district attorney to incarcerate sex crimes survivors and domestic violence survivors. But it's still This is a revelation beyond revelations here. That Um, you can be a victim of a sex crime or domestic abuse and the district attorney will arrest you and put you in jail. The district attorney will ask a judge to arrest you, but the standard is very low. So the judge had very little choice to do it. To compel you to testify so that his prosecution rate will look better. So that he will be able to prosecute the case better. But there are alternatives to, to prosecute the case, oftentimes without the crime victim there in present. Because oftentimes a crime victim is terrified and scared to death to actually show up and be in yeah. front of her aggressor. Doesn't that sound aggressor. like a horrendous scandal? And so one of the reasons that we also were looking into this is because we know that um, we're not doing things right here in Orleans Parish, but we also know that the United States is big, and we know that this kind of stuff does happen in other jurisdictions as well, and so we're trying to wake up other communities to start up their own court-watching programs. So we started up a court-watching program in Virginia. We've started one up with Color of Change in St. Louis, um, and you know, all around the country, New, um, New Haven, Connecticut, and are we, are we getting a cut of everything from those people? Uh, no, no, it's it's we a voluntary it like process. A created by <laughs> residual or something for it. We're wow. just happy You're that we're doing some amazing work. That's you. incredible, isn't it? I'm trying. Wow, what a story though. So you can be the victim of a sex crime, and the DA. How can he? How is he getting away with that? Has that been in the news here? How is he getting away with it? Because we allow him to get away with it. Has that been in the news? Is that covered by yes, anybody? Yes, this has been in the news. And now it's can, on your podcast. I guess, I guess we're not keeping up with the news yeah. at all. But. It's been on the news a lot, actually, for the a last lot. two or three years. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Did you know that, Andrew? I didn't know. No. Bash, That's did you insane. know? I did not. Did no. you guys know that? Thomas seems to know Bash, what's going on. Bash, I want on. a song out of this. Look, watch this. Look at this. <laughs> yeah, but there's plenty of material there, for sure. <laughs> Andrew's a good guy Con- to confer, ask. Okay. Confer afterwards. Okay, listen, we've got to move things along here. Andrew, you going to play us a song? Well, sure. We've we'll got time for you. you to play us a song, and then Bash is going to play us one more. Great. Andrew, what are you thinking of playing here? Uh, I'm, I'm going to play uh, uh, a song that uh, is a souvenir from my uh, trip up to the Pacific Northwest. Okay. So, yeah. Well, you picked it up at the, oh, at the, at the airport? Yep. It's <laughs> Okay. So, Simone, you moved here from New York. I did. And Lila, you moved here from D.C. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Pretty amazing. Ten years ago. You've been ten years and you've been here six months. Correct. What yep. advice would you... What, what, have you, what is different now that you're living here, Lila, that you, than you thought that when you decided to move here a year ago? 
Oh, uh, than what I thought. I yeah. mean, so many things are different. For example, just um, the way that people approach life, their mentality towards others in their community. People really get to know their neighbors here in a way that I feel like That's doesn't true. happen in DC what as much. What neighborhood are you living in? I'm in Mid City. That's a good mm-hmm. place. Are you near the Bayou somewhere? Yes, yeah, I am. So oh, it's it's wonderful. Cool. Yeah, that is cool. Okay, here's a song from the Pacific Northwest. I'm so excited. What's this call? Um, I'd rather not say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Keep it a secret. Farcraft in the Southland, Farcraft from the muddy water. I always knew Emerald Blue, Emerald Blue. Down from the mountain, out to the coast. I fell for the sea like driftwood, she scarred me up good, just like driftwood, mm, she scarred me smooth, emerald
Thanks, y'all. It's beautiful. Nice going. Appreciate you. Beautiful. beautiful. You've done it again. Thanks, I, I guess it's called Emerald Blue then. That's right. Yeah, but I felt like if I said <laughs> that, you'd then blow you, the whole you, thing. You know, yeah. blow on the cover. Andrew, yeah. you've, I just realized while you were playing that, you that blew what, nothing. What, <laughs> what the trick is? What do you mean? That you can that you take giant things like elements of nature oh. and you can somehow make it sound like they're internal personalized emotions. Nice. Wow. Yeah. That, that's really deep. Yeah, what the yeah. fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> Did you, that's what I... Because I, that's how you do it. That's uh, why they're so good because I'm listening to that song thinking, why do I feel a connection to that? Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Really. Right. Because it's, it's about actually a relationship or it's about human emotion mm. uh, I felt like it was about courage Ooh, courage really and nice. confidence yeah like I, I looked at her and I knew everything would be okay right yeah, yeah. that was amazing yeah, yeah. yeah that was know. a great line one look from you and I knew we'd make it through yeah, yeah. and you know that her eye, that that the sky was in her eyes in that way right. you know but I had to edit that part out but yeah you, but know, you still that, get that is that really about a storm or is it about a relationship yes <laughs> good answer Beth, what do you think of answer? as a songwriter Good answer. Uh, and no, no comment on. What did you think? Oh, I was thought, I thought you were talking about what he just. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, it was awesome, man. Thanks, really, buddy. Really enjoyed yeah, it. it's great to meet you. Yeah, man. No, for well, real. Uh, where Where are you guys playing in town? Uh, you got oh, a yeah, show I coming up? Or? Um, yeah. So we're gonna be. Um, I'm trying to think. The next place we're gonna be in town, I think, is Maple Leaf. Yep. Uh, bar. Great so spot. we're gonna have. Um, a July residency, so we're going to be there every Wednesday oh, night. Killer. Um, oh, that's a great idea. Which is going to be uh, really fun, man. You know, obviously, uh, oh, man, we just love Maple Leaf Bar so much. It's a yeah. magical place. Um, mm -hmm. Just the warm vibes and the energy in that place is amazing. That's so, great. Hey, that's a cool thing for you. Good deal. Who does all your business? Who hooked that up? Do you do all the arrangements? Um, we all um, pitch in equally. Right. So, uh, so yeah, you know, we, we fortunately, um, you know, the longer we're in the city we make more friends and develop connections and get in front of people what time do you go on at the Maple Leaf for real uh, that's a hard question to answer yeah. right yeah. honestly I mean yes honestly is what I'm getting at <laughs> rather yeah. than saying we're going to go on at 8 or 9 and then actually go on at 11 what is the real so truth a, a New Orleans 8 New Orleans 9 it's meant to be 8 is it uh, well yeah so they have a lot of times um they have an earlier show and then a later show at Maple Leaf now. So the earlier slot's going to be 8 to 10. Okay. And then the uh, the last band will usually probably end up playing around like 11 or so. So that's you. Pretty late. Um, I want to go. I want to go. Would you go to a gig that starts at 11 still? Absolutely. You have kids and a job Absolutely. and everything. Yeah. And you still would Absolutely. go to a gig that starts at 11. I've seen, I've seen them play at Maple Leaf and they, oh, yeah. they kill it. Yeah. Music okay. is essential. Uh -huh. If You've you do not have music, you're dead. I have, you yes. You saw Red Tide Glorious? Yes. I'm wow, you've only been here six months and you've yes. always seen it. Yeah. Hey, good job. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Would so. you recommend them? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely They're recommend great. it. Okay, and what time do they go on? 11? Probably, um, probably 11. Well, you know what's actually funny? Because we're still trying to figure that out. Uh, <laughs> as soon as we know, though, we'll let y'all know. Um, okay. I'm really not sure whether it's 8 or 11. But nice. Uh, Andrew, I saw you... Um, few years back at Gossa Gossa, man, uh, blew, me, blew me away. Oh, yeah, right And uh, that was before I actually um, started playing music here in the city that so much. So you're still an environmental um, journalist. And, uh, yeah, 
And um, anyway, man, yeah, I've, I've, I've been following you ever since. Nice. That's really, awesome. I really love your work. A pleasure to meet you. Uh, yeah, it really Gossa is. Gossa Gossa is down the street, in fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Down on Ferret. Yeah, I got a show there uh, later. Well, I think it's mid-July I'll be there. It might be a Wednesday. We might be direct competition, buddy. Sorry uh, to say. Yeah, that's Maybe we can get a trip. Music can't that's, yeah, that's right. No, we we're going to be early enough. If you guys have the late show. We could do. We can sell tickets at Gaza Gaza for the late show and vice versa. We Listen, just, you know, y'all are social cool. workers. Y'all are social workers. You are not competing. You are definitely helping the rest of us. That's right. right. No, well, we're regionally yeah. specific. Hey, yeah. Bash, we've got time for one more song while we're here. Sure. Yeah. What do you got? Something um, uplifting and... I, yeah, I would like to think it's um, inspirational. Yeah. Can I throw one thing in before we do the song? Of course you can. I just wanted to say that if people are interested in starting up court-watching programs, that means starting up volunteers, going into court, and monitoring their court, that they should try to reach us at okay. courtwatchnola.org. Okay. www.courtwatchnola.org. And what qualifications do we have to have? None. Even, None. You need to be interested and dedicated. That's you could it. fail a drug test, for example. As you, well. We do not drug test. Don't worry about that. No, okay. you are a volunteer. There's no and background check, no nothing. You can volunteer for us, for Court Watch NOLA, but also if you're from another community like L.A. or, I don't know, Omaha, whatever, yeah. and you want to start up your own court watching program, contact us. So. Very interesting. That's great. The whole thing is very fascinating. Yeah. Now okay. we want to hear the music. And I get paid 10 bucks if I go to court and hang out for the day. Uh, for 10 sessions. Yes. You have to do 10 sessions and then you'll get $100 yeah. to compensate your costs of bus fare and food and all those things. Sounds pretty interesting, actually. Do it. We need you. We need you because we as a community need to actually care about this. The I elections. I could court watch and then I could be son of a saint mentor in the evening. The elections are coming up in November. The elections. So educate yourself. The elections for the district judges. attorney and all the felony court judges. Really. So make sure you're educated. So yeah, that would be good to know which ones of these guys. This is ankle monitor thing. This is going to story is going to be the New York Times this evening. Should be. It's going to yes. be online. Mm-hmm. And then and today also is we're Wednesday, going to be June the twenty-sixth in two thousand nineteen. If you listen to us. That's right. And Vice yeah. is also coming out with a story too. Nice. Oh, yeah. you're going to be super stuff. popular here in New Orleans among certain people. Well, I think when and very unpopular yeah, amongst I would others. Think. <laughs> when the elections come back, we should have someone, you know, from the court uh, TV. Uh, come Court Watch Nola, court watch Nola yeah. mm-hmm. come and like sling the dirt for us so we, you know, we know who to vote for oh, that's a good idea we you know? love it we're, we're 501c3 so we can't tell you who to vote for but we can tell you what's been going on but you, could write, it, you yeah. could write it on the table and I could say it <laughs> okay let's do that that's a great idea yeah. okay Bash what's the, what's the inspirational song of the day alright this one's called Take My Chances alright Lately I found myself late Staring into space I want to take these visions in my head Turn them into something I could chase well, I ran down to the corner store I told my friend down there Couldn't see her anymore 
going down south, baby, that's the place I've got to go. Gotta rest my weary head. Walk these tired feet down a dirt road. Lord, girl, I'm gonna take my chances. Start again. Well, I believe that this is something I must do. And I hope you'll understand. Lord, girl, I'm gonna take my chances. Start again. Well, I believe that this is something I must do. And I hope you'll understand. Lord, girl, I believe my time has come. And you'll find morning comes, I'll be gone. No, girl, I believe all I've done wrong. It led me to this point where I belong. Well, That's on the new record. It is not, actually. It's not. That's it's exclusive. That, yes. But we can exclusive right here. Amazing. We can go Amazing. and get the record. The band is called Roadside Glorious. Roadside Glorious. And yes. The record is called uh, Brawn and Bone. Brawn and Bone, and we can steal it off of Spotify and so on. Uh, of course, yes. We're on Spotify, Apple Music, um, the YouTube's. I got to tell you something um, about if you listen to this and you think it sounds vaguely interesting. Go and search on YouTube for a song called Catalina. That is actually one of the funniest videos, music videos <laughs> I've ever seen. Check that out. It's the song's. It's off this new album, right? Yeah, yeah. It's off our record. Check that out. That is totally worth seeing, right there. Shout out Come to Connor Reaver. Connor Reaver is an he awesome photographer, it? videographer, and musician. His band is called Juno Dunes, um, but he's a really talented guy, and he he shot it and directed it directed it for us. Um, really, really awesome. Totally guy. I can't, worth can't say enough about him. Yeah, it's go to YouTube great. and search for the song Catalina by Roadside Glorious. Hey, before we get out, I have to tell you that today's show has been brought to us by Nola Pens. Here it is. Have you tried my pen out, Simone? I know. I Try that out. It's the only pen made from a fallen Audubon Park live oak. It's a one-of-a-kind, expertly amazing. grafted, limited yeah. edition writing instrument. Isn't it? Avail- isn't it amazing? <laughs> it's a great pen. It's a great pen. I'm telling you, it is a great pen and super cheap as well. Get it at nolapens.com. At Basics on Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue, you can get fine lingerie. 
and uh, swimsuits and yoga and workout clothes with style. And the Positive Vibrations Foundation brought us the show today. They create and uh, encourage community through the development and preservation of the arts, music, culture, and heritage. And if you'd like to join our It's New Orleans Happy Hour family, go to patreon.com and search for It's New Orleans Happy Hour. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can join us here and be part of our Happy Hour family. Thank you very much, Simone Levine, for being here from Court Watch NOLA. Lila Turner from Son of a Saint. Thank you. Bash Jernigan from Roadside Glorious. Thank you all so much for... It's so on. great to have seen you all. And Andrew Duhon, thank you so much. We're going to take a week man. off next week because yep. it's 4th of July. Yeah, I'll see you at the so pool. See you at the pool. Yeah. Okay, you got your swimsuit? Sure. <laughs> see you there. Today's show is produced by Graham DePonte. Our music producer is Monique Pyle. Christian Unruh is our music consultant. And Thomas Walsh is our technical director. Ashley Griffith is our Facebook Live feed director who put this whole thing on Facebook Live. And if you haven't seen it on Facebook Live and you listen to this as a podcast, you can go to our Facebook page. It's called... New Orleans Happy Hour. Is that right? Or is it Happy Hour New Orleans? One of those two. I think it's New Orleans Happy Hour. Our fact checker and social media connector is Andrew C-Rock C-Rock. Our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay upright for about an hour while drinking alcohol, drop us a line. Our address is on our website. It's neworleans.com. We can also check out many other happy hours we've made here previously. as well as some other shows we make at Iron Broadcasting, including Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace, Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tooker, and our award-winning podcast about death, which is called Death, the Podcast. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts as well at itsacadiana.com and itsbatonrouge.la. You can keep up with us on a bunch of time-sucking social media like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On all of it, we're called It's New Orleans. You can find photos from the show on itsneworleans.com and on our New Orleans Facebook page and also on Instagram. These photos are taken by Jill Lafleur, and you can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. If you listen to this on your favorite podcast app, thanks for subscribing to us. Take a moment if you have one to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. If you listen to us on Spotify, you can follow us and get Happy Hour delivered to you each week. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Forest Street in Uptown New Orleans. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Andrew Duhon and everyone else around here at the table at Wayfair and back at our office at INO Broadcasting, we'll be off next week, but back here the week after. Thanks for joining us. I'll see you then. I'm Grant Morris for Happy Hour.